0: Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am Zach. I am also Zach. And this is Mechs into Plowshares. How are you doing, Zach? I'm good. I was thinking about um, different
1: names that we could call this when it's just you and me. Oh, yeah. Without Diana. ready for some? Okay. I got uh, z- Zach Pack, like Snack Pack. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, no? You don't want to think <laughs> no. about that?
0: No, uh, no, that was right out. How about,
1: I think this This one's good. Zack to Zack.
0: <laughs> okay, that one's that one I would consider. Okay. That one I'm a little that one tickles my funny bone in okay. a way that I could appreciate.
1: Uh the only other one I got is Weird Beards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I no, I can't quite uh get behind that one although I do appreciate it okay. more than Zack Pack. So Zack to Zack it is. Zack to Welcome Zach. to Zack to Zack. A segment of hard points. Uh, The (laughs) hit follow-up to Eye to Eye. Yes. By Oh, God. (laughs) Can we get the rights to that? So, Zach is joining me this week in place of Diana for some unforeseen reasons. I don't know what we're going to do with this episode. We'll figure some out fun with it. And this week, we are going to be playing a game that uh, has been on the pod before and I absolutely love. It is Frisco Cruises Mechs into Plowshares. This is a gorgeously heartbreaking game that Diana and I played once before, and I don't think I quite got until this game. Like, I think I got it a little bit better at the end of last game, but Zach helped me get this game.
1: I even, I listened to them do the last game, and it wasn't until this playthrough that we had some pretty intense realizations about the
0: way this game is designed, which are very good. So you should absolutely check that out. That is Mechs into Plowshares by Frisco Cruz. You can find them on Itch at Anomalous Entertainment. And you can find them on Twitter at Frisco Cruz. Zach, you're not uh, huge into the mecha genre, right? I'm not. I'm uh,
1: slightly aware of Gundam, that it exists. Okay. I think that's probably my major touchpoint with Max, And then also your weird obsession with uh, the animal one. I forget what it's called. Zoids! Zoids, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm relatively aware that those
0: exist, but that's about it. Okay. So- so this will be an exciting, uh, exciting foray into the genre for you. Yeah, I hope it's not bad. I hope mech purists aren't <laughs> angry with me. Uh, as someone who's pretty into mechs, I think you did an excellent job. Oh, thank you. This was so you actually asked to play this game. Yeah. Since you're not huge into mechs, what was your appeal for mechs into plowshares?
1: I mean, to me, this game, the mechs are sort of the dressing of this game. Mm. This game is actually about. Someone who's been in a traumatic experience, sort of reintegrating into a life that uh, is quote unquote normal and having a tough go of it. And that the narrative just hooked me um, from the last time you guys played. So I, I really wanted to give it a shot.
0: We got to watch some Gundam together. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch some Gundam with me. This is going to be the first half, the first uh, four or five weeks. And then uh, the next half will come out next episode. Yes. Let's get into it. Let's do it. This is Mechs into Plowshares. After several long years of war on the border, you have earned the right to buy your mech from the military. Use it to eke out a solitary life doing manual labor on your farm to pay back the loan before your machine is repossessed. All the while the enemy from across the border looms, threatening to strike at any moment. Will the enemy attack? Will you be able to defend yourself? How much safety are you willing to sacrifice to make it? In this new life, you can still smell the gunpowder on your clothes. You are holding your tags. What was your service ID number? My service ID number was 0289. You are alive. You must remember that you are alive and the living still have names. What is your name? My name is Iris. You are a soldier. You were a soldier. You fought for two whole years along the border. What nation did you fight for? I fought for the nation of Tiarn. Tiarn. T-J-A-R-N. Okay. There was an outpost, and you were assigned to defend it. They attacked it almost every week. Who is the enemy?
1: I think this was um, a civil war, so I think the enemy was internal to the nation. I think they were uh, rebels trying to create their own nation separate from Tiarn, but I, I think I, I fought for my country, um, so the, the enemy was within. What was the ideological divide? Maybe this was uh, some sort of ethnic subset within the country that okay. was um, sort of seeking out their own, uh, their own
0: land. Um, their own government and land and country, sort of separate from Tiarn. Mm -hmm. Your family owns a farm near the border. You walk past the untended rows where crops should be. What kind of farm is it? Uh, I think it was an orchard farm. Uh, So, like, orchard trees, apple trees, things like that. What is... Are are there any trees still standing?
1: Uh, I think that... The farm has certainly seen better days. I think there are trees standing, but not in the volume that uh, my family once uh, tended. this farm. I think at one point this farm needed lots of sort of hands on deck to um, run the farm. I think I am able to do it with some difficulty on my own now.
0: The sun is high and the sky is clear. There is smoke in the distance. You try to think about what the weather will be like soon and how it will affect your crops. What season is it? I think it's spring. I
1: think it's just um, getting a little warmer out. I think um, I'm anxious because coming out of winter, I need a good crop to make this farm thing work. Um,
0: So it all sort of rides on on the season of, of planting and harvesting. You open the front door and go into the house. You have memories of the last time your family visited here. It seems different now. What does the farm look like?
1: Um, I'm picturing um, maybe a, a small farmhouse attached to some sort of more modern um, barn, maybe where they had farm equipment or something. Um, I think at one time there were lots of outbuildings for the different workers in different parts of the orchard growing process. Um, but I think a lot of those buildings are sort of in disrepair or even ruin. Maybe that's from the war or maybe that's just from the lack of hands to sort of help with the farm at this point. Um, but I think I'm struggling to just sort of maintain this
0: house and attached barn. You sit down at the table. You are alone, perhaps for the first time in two years. Who do you miss? I think I miss my grandparents. I
1: think this was their farm. Um, they're the ones who started it. And I think about um, visiting here and all the cousins and family that... Uh, we had around and how, I don't know,
0: the, that emptiness of this house now makes that feel so distant. So I think about them. A caravan of trucks rumble down your road. The mech that escorts it looks in your direction. You cannot help but tense in the absence of your machine. Soldiers at your post used to track supplies with coins all across the border. You don't know which guns these bullets will feed. Flip a coin and place it on the table. Tails. These are supplies for the enemy. The war isn't over. They say it's a stalemate and that both sides have signed a ceasefire. The pay has stopped and the papers they gave you told you to get a job. You took out a loan to keep your machine. It will make it easier to work. How does your mech help you do work on the farm? I think the mech helps me uh, with planting new trees,
1: taking out dead ones, um, when I have the time to do that. Um, I think also just sort of harvesting, collecting um, the fruit from the trees in, you know,
0: greater numbers than I could do manually just myself. Your loan is substantial. You will have to work hard. You must make at least four payments by the end of ten weeks, or the military will repossess your mech and wipe the artificial intelligence the second week a large military truck offloads your machine near the barn they ask you to confirm the model in serial numbers what model is your mech my mech is a low-key model neck mech low-key model Mm -hmm. you had missed it over the past week the first time since basic training you had been away from it for more than a few hours. The workers unfasten the straps and remove the transportation locks. What does your mech look like?
1: So, I don't have a lot of touchstones in mech pop culture. When I think of a mech, I think of a very, like, humanoid type thing where the cockpit is sort of in the torso and then has, um, like, arms and, and, and legs type of, the, type of deal. So that's what I'm picturing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I don't think it has like a head or anything. I just think the I would have sat sort of in like a glass encased cockpit in in the middle of it, and then it has sort of arms out the side and and legs and that kind of thing. Okay, what's its uh, paint job like? I'm picturing like a like a deep deep blue, like almost a black, um, but a deep blue. Certainly dinged up. Maybe it's a little faded from its
0: years of service. Maybe like a deep blue
1: with some sort of white
0: accents here and there. You weren't allowed to name your machine until you had completed training. It was so hard, but you did it. You didn't have a choice, really. They wouldn't let you stop even if you wanted to. What is your mech's nickname? Ava. <laughs> you activate the machine. You see a list of programs and subroutines scroll up the screen. They said it would learn to fight with you, and it did. You remember the first time it moved before you did. Roll on the subroutine chart. This is the first subroutine your mech learned with you. What was the scenario where you learned it? Eight. Auto drop non essential load. I
1: think we were on some sort of search and rescue mission, um, maybe to find some civilians um, who had sent out an SOS, and uh, my squad. Uh, got to their location, and my mech uh, maybe was clearing some rubble to to get them out of harm's way when we were attacked. And um, I think even though my squad commander told me that they would hold them off while my mech sort of cleared the the rubble to get them out, my mech sort of it almost like instinctually like offloaded this material to get into like fight mode to protect me. Mm. I think it sensed its sensors sort of went off and lit up and realized that. I or we were in danger Um, and it prioritized me as its
0: pilot over our mission. The subroutines will sometimes make the machine act strangely. Maybe its hands twitch before it turns left. Maybe its displays always zoom in when it sees the color red. Some soldiers thought it was the machine showing personality. What quirk did your mech acquire when it learned its first subroutine?
1: I think whenever I engage that Whenever I engage the mech in sort of lifting lifting things um, or moving things, clearing things out, I think I have to, like, it, like, hesitates. I think I have to, like, issue it twice, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, I have to issue it, and then it sort of, it, like, it hitches for a second, and then I have to, like, sort of manually get it to do it again. Um, like, it's learned that sort of engaging in non-fighting or, like, non-sensory... Um, modes of observing its surroundings is
0: like, uh, it makes it vulnerable in a way that it doesn't like. The barn shakes and the windows rattle as planes fly overhead. You don't know where they'll land. Flip a second coin and place it on the table. Tails. These are supplies for your enemy. You watched many people die over the course of the war. Name a person you saw die Enroll to find out the subroutine your machine learned to prevent the same fate from happening to you. Give that subroutine a quirk. 10. Guide foot to ground forces.
1: I think the person that died was Max, one of my squad mates. I think during a mission, Max had to exit his mech not sure why maybe the maybe the mech broke down or something and and maybe uh he was getting assistance from some nearby infantry units or something um whatever the case was i think max was outside of his mech and i think it being vulnerable outside of his mech is what got him killed but i think iris uh iris might blame herself for not being able to get there quick enough when he needed help um so i think i think the mech the mech learned guide foot to ground forces as a way to um get to the people that needed its help oh and it needs a quirk yeah i think when it engages guide foot to ground forces the other sensors in the cockpit sort of uh black out for a second like it's diverting its energy to um its movement uh from other other routines in the
0: mech that sort of need passive power to be working or engaged others saved your life Name a person and machine that saved your life, and roll to find out the subroutine your machine learned to emulate them. Give that subroutine a quirk.
1: One. Zoom in on suspected targets. So a subroutine that uh, my mech learned from a time when someone saved my life. I think Max saved my life once. Mm. Um, And I think that's... I think I think about his death a lot and what I could have done differently to prevent that from happening. I think when he saved my life, I had gotten myself in a position by um, not paying attention to my surroundings, uh, by not being careful. Um, I think I walked myself into an enemy ambush. Um, so I think my mech learned zoom in on suspected targets um, as a way to prevent that scenario from happening again. Um, and it needs a quirk also. hmm I think the mech, when it zooms in on suspected targets, uh, its its sort of joints lock up, um, like it stops moving. It stops. It's almost like it wants to appear less aggressive or less noticeable, um, or maybe it's just diverting its attention to um, trying to identify targets. Um, but for whatever reason, it sort of it freezes up a little bit.
0: I like that. You saved others' lives. Name a person you saved and roll to find out the subroutine you used to save them. Give that subroutine a quirk. Two,
1: thruster cut off for gliding. I think it was our squad leader, um, Sergeant Giggs. Ooh, good name. I think this is after um, Max saved my life. Um, And I I think we had lost Sergeant Giggs on a mission. And my mech was able to find his location, and also um, it learned that subroutine for spotting enemies. So I, I think it was able to um, figure out that Giggs, where Giggs was and that he was in trouble. And I think my, uh, my mech was able to, um, I sort of manually was able to get it to use its thrusters to sort of get to the location and then glide in silently um, to get in and fight the enemy and be able to save gigs um and i think my mech picked up that my manual um overrides of its systems It picked that up as like a normal uh subroutine oh and that needs a uh a thing i think the i I think the first time it did it on its own um i i'm picturing like it has like headlights on the outside to illuminate um what's in front of me and I think the lights cut out without me cutting out the lights. Mm. Like, I think the machine went black. I'm picturing it happening at night. And like, I think Iris freaking out in the cockpit a little bit, but then uh, realizing that the machine knew what it was, what
0: it was doing. The war was long. You fought hard. You almost died many times, but you didn't. Your machine kept you safe. You kept each other safe give quirks to the rest of the subroutines and think of how they helped you cover seeking navigation
1: i think uh, i think on the back of the mac i'm picturing like uh, a, an apparatus that can attach like different kinds of launchers and missiles and things like that okay. and i think one of the things it can do is throw like smoke um, cool. and i think for cover seeking navigation i think it just like auto it like shoots out like smoke grenades Uh, to cover itself i think whether i ask it to or not okay Um, nice missile auto lock on sequence i'm thinking of like movies where pilots have um like a missile lock or something there's like a whirring noise that like spins up until they like get you know what i mean uh yeah i'm wondering if maybe the mechs weren't built with that in but my machine for some reason almost like it's getting excited that it's like a missile's about to lock on that it there's this sort of like digital hum that sort of escalates as the lock is like being generated. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when it finally locks on, it's like there's like audible sounds that come in in the cockpit that weren't initially programmed into the machine. Nice. Weapon swap reflex. I think when it swaps weapons, I think one of the first times it swapped weapons, it it ejected like all of the it ejected like all of its ammo at once. Like it was trying to get like it was trying to refresh its ammo but it would like accidentally dump it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um so i think whenever it would auto swap its weapons whenever it determined that it was necessary it yeah it had this reflex where it would just dump all of its ammo um (laughs) which which i think i had to like i think i could deal with a lot of these quirks and i learned iris learned how to pilot the machine with those quirks in mind but i think this one she had to like anticipate and like manually override mm. um so i think in combat piloting this mech became she loved it but i think iris had to like it became much more difficult to um manually like make sure this didn't happen in combat you had to like hold
0: on to the ammo
1: yeah or yeah. like i i had to like like i had to anticipate the mech feeling like it had to swap weapons mm-hmm. and when it would do that i would have to like either manually reload all the weapon systems or like put in some kind of manual sequence that prevented it that overrode its its want to switch weapons cool oh jettison span ammunition the next one oh yeah um, <laughs> Huh. Well, now I'm wondering if maybe the the weapon swap reflex was so wonky that maybe the jettison span ammunition, it would jettison the wrong weapon sometimes.
0: Oh, shit. (laughs) That's
1: that's a quirk. Yeah, like if if it it had a cannon it fired, somehow the machine thought it was using a different weapon. Maybe within the machine itself, it had switched weapons, Mm. but I had manually overridden it, so it would fire a weapon and then jettison the ammunition for the weapon it thought it was using. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This machine's going to be bad. (laughs) Um, And then automatic double tap. Well, so far it it sort of seems like this machine has... That the mech has... Its way of learning is by getting itself almost killed. (laughs) And then, like, coming up with these quirks that try to prevent that. Like, it has some sort of survival instinct. Um, So I'm wondering if the the auto double tap subroutine is, like, way too much. Like, um... (laughs) Like, when, whenever it tries to sort of finish off a target, it's almost, like, potentially creating a lot of collateral damage around it. Mm. it. It's putting a lot more energy and force into that particular subroutine than it needs to. If that, I don't know if that's quite right for a quirk.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's solid. Okay. Uh,
1: and I lied, I have one more. <laughs> low energy rest mode. I think when I put it into low energy rest mode... I can't figure out how to shut off the, like the radar scanning. Like for some reason the, the sensor, like the the sensors on it, want to keep scanning for enemies even when I'm trying to shut it down. Um, which m- I think it means that my mech it consumes a lot more energy um, when I'm out in the field um, than it needs to be, and that it's like your your computers when they get old they need to be plugged in all the time, mm. and it's like you have less and less battery to run on. I I think this mech. Um, it needs more time to charge, and when it's not being charged or energized, it has less time that it's able to be out in the field because I just can't shut
0: these these sensors off. Ava sleeps with one eye open. Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Week 3. The smoke on the horizon is thick. When the wind blows, you can smell burnt metal. Flip a coin and place it on the table. Heads. Supplies are en route for your nation. The enemy could come at any time. Right now, you have all of your combat subroutines, but you will be given the chance to erase them and cross them out later. If and when you are forced to enter combat, roll on the subroutine chart. If you roll a combat subroutine, you survive. If you roll a crossed out subroutine, you die. Describe how your machine is destroyed and say your final words. But you can't think about that right now. You have fitted your machine with the appropriate modifications to do the work. What modifications have been made?
1: So I think the, um, that sort of apparatus on the back that h- held like launchers and things like that, I think I've, I've refit that to, I think one, have like, chain or like grappling hooks or something so like when pulling down trees Mm. or even like hauling trees um i think it's able to shoot those out and sort of like i can then like go out of the mech and like tie them around the trees and then it can like haul them i think i've also been able to i think on its arms it, it has like um different it had different kinds of guns or things and i think i've been able to rework a lot of those mechanisms into like things basically things for carrying um and i I think I've sort of done these, like, DIY homemade, like, big buckets that it can, like, carry in its hands as, like, attachments, um, and that kind of thing. But uh, the legs are great, man. (laughs) Legs get me me around, and
0: those things are solid, so. The combat subroutines can get in the way of work. You know how to delete them before you begin. In order to make payments, you will need to roll on crossed-out subroutines. If you wish, you may start this week by crossing out up to five subroutines before you begin work. You must also delete the associated quirks.
1: Okay, so I can delete up to five. Up to five. And I just cross them out. Yep. So I think the I think the first subroutine that I was Iris would uh, get rid of is the. Um, weapon swap reflex one where it dumps all its ammo because I, I think maybe one day in the field uh, a fox ran through the orchard and its sensors picked it up and I think it like tried to engage it and like switch weapons and it when it switch, switches weapons it dumps all of its ammo so I think I'm picturing like ropes flying out the top of it Arsh. and like the, the buckets like uh just dropping to the ground
0: and iris just staying there like well that's got to go
1: so <laughs> I, th- I think she uh programmed out
0: that one yeah that's probably one that uh, you didn't feel a lot of uh personal attachment to anyway no
1: I, th- I think that one just got me in a lot of trouble and it was one that i I think, I'm imagining Iris in the field didn't have a lot of time to, like, reprogram her mech, so She just had to, like,
0: live with a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. figure out how to work around it. But now that she has a little time, she she's definitely getting rid of that one. These are also things that, like, despite all the quirks, these, these subroutines saved you. Oh, for sure. Um, so, like, even if you could have, like, I imagine it would have been frightening to, like, do that.
1: Yeah, I think the idea of the mech not being able to switch its weapons when it needed to... I. I'm picturing yeah. these perks like maybe maybe it didn't happen all the time. Maybe it happened a lot. Maybe it ha- happened every time. I don't know. But, um, yeah, like something about taking out its ability to switch weapons on its own without me telling it to like really sort of really got to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I'm also going to get rid of sex, jettison span ammunition. <laughs> I'm picturing like another time out in the field. She's reprogrammed this and the like the mach- the mech accidentally like tried to exp- like drop its ammunition or or something. Yeah. And I'm seeing like more like ropes flying out of it or something. Um so I think Iris, after seeing it still happen, would have gotten rid of that one. Um I'm thinking maybe one more for now. Maybe number one, the zoom in on suspected targets, That's when the mech sort of locks up and won't do anything else but scan for target, like mm. look look for faraway targets. So mm-hmm. um Maybe that, that's been a problem in the orchard, is that I need it to work, but those sensors are so over-engaged all the time that um, I can see it locking up on Iris a couple times and her just being fed up with that. Um, so I think I'll, I'll just do those three for now.
0: Okay. Um, just before you make your final decision, remember that in order to make a payment, you have to roll on a crossed-out subroutine. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that you... Remember that detail. Yeah. If you miss a payment, you have ten weeks to make four payments, so... Let's
1: stick with these three for now.
0: Okay. as you finish deleting the subroutines that you feel will no longer benefit you on your new life on the farm, you find you are as ready to work as you can be. You have to be. Roll on the subroutine chart. Uh... That is a 2. That is an active subroutine. Some of it comes back to you as if you had never left. You still wish you had help, but the machine was made for war. If you rolled a combat subroutine, something went wrong. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm. I rolled subroutine 2, which is thrusters
1: cut off for gliding. And the quirk is that it cuts its lights off when it does that. Mm. I think maybe iris has figured out how to use the thrusters to get to to have the mech use its thrusters while it's on the ground to like get extra pull um when it's hauling things and i think one of the times she cuts the thrusters out the mech engages in like glide mode it thinks it's in glide mode so i think it shuts the light it cuts all its lights out um and maybe this happened in the evening or at night and i think uh, iris maybe ran the mech into um one of those ruined buildings uh, on the property um and i think it it took her all night to sort of just to clean up the mess
0: that she made the machine did not learn these lessons for no reason they saved you they saved you more times than you can count describe a time when your machine exhibited this quirk and it made you think it had a personality i think that is it was this during the sorry is this during the war or is this uh now uh i think it can be either it doesn't specify that it was during the war okay although so it learned these quirks to save you. And when did the quirk make you think it had a personality? So, I I think maybe at one point during the war,
1: Iris was alone with her mech, and I think I think was sort of flying using its thrusters, or glo- or you know not flying, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe she remarked to the machine that uh, they were sort of out in this part of the country fighting the war. That the sky looked really beautiful that night, and I think then the machine cut its lights off. um, And for a second, Iris wondered if this was
0: just another quirk of the machine or if it it was responding to to what she was saying. The machine turns to look at you as you think about it. An error in its programming, perhaps. What quirk do you like the most in your mecha? I think
1: I like the low-energy rest mode where it's scanning. I think it makes it a pain in the ass to get it to you know, have enough energy to do the things I need it to do, but I think I I like the idea that I'm alone on this farm and this mech, even if it's maybe not doing it on purpose, maybe it is, but it's looking out for me in some way, Um, and
0: it it wants to keep us safe. You take a breath and focus on the farm. You have to decide if you will delete problematic subroutines. If rolling a subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week, You may choose to cross it out. If you cross it out, you must also cross out the associated quirk. So you may delete the thrusters subroutine if you so wish.
1: That's the only one I can delete?
0: Uh, yes. I think Iris is conflicted because I I
1: think she remembers that that night in her Mac looking at the sky. Uh, I don't think
0: she deletes it. Week 4 some unexpectedly harsh weather crops up your lands suffer and the temperature makes work almost unbearable roll on the subroutine chart twice if you roll a combat subroutine on either roll you cannot make a payment this week if you roll a crossed out subroutine both times you may make a payment well this for sure is gonna work no That was an active subroutine. Uh, roll the second one just in case. Uh, That's the same one. Oh, okay. Your mech wasn't made for this. Maybe you weren't made for this. Something went wrong. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm.
1: So, uh, I rolled subroutine 10, which is guide foot to ground forces, the quirk being uh, the sensors, all the sensors black out, um... I'm wondering if um maybe I had a buyer at the farm that week Ooh. uh someone came to pick up uh some of the fruit, and I think i needed i think maybe they show up in you know um transport trucks, and i think i I engaged the um the mech to you know guide foot to ground forces to you know get it to efficiently move to haul stuff over to their trucks and i think I think it blacked out its sensors and oh. I'm wondering maybe if like without its sensors, it just like plows through one of the trucks. Oh shit! Um, and yeah, <laughs> just creates like a like a big scene with
0: these these buyers. Still, you and Ava work together just like always. You will not give in. Explain what you like about that quirk. The sensors locking out. Yep. Um, I think maybe
1: I like that even though it's very reliant on its sensors at some level it feels like the machine trusts me enough to operate it without its sensors if that makes any Mm, sense mm -hmm. i think yeah i think i just like that feeling of like even if this farm isn't working out for me right now or it's not going the way it should be going it feels like i'm still doing something right because the machine trusts me it's it's like the machine believes i'm doing something right
0: It would be easier if your family was here with you. Why aren't they here now? I think the farm sits uh, sort of on an in-between
1: area between uh, my nation, Tiarn and sort of this rebel territory. Um, And I think that um, there was some loyalty question about my family. Uh, I think my government uh, took them one day like, for questioning, and I, I, I've never seen them. And I, I think I just assume the worst, but it's something Iris doesn't
0: um, think
1: about, tries not to think about too much.
0: You have to stay inside during a particularly bad day. You adjust the antenna on your set and try to watch the news. The poor weather has held up supplies for your nation. Play the chaplain's game. During the war, the chaplain noticed that the soldiers would keep track of supply movements with coins. The commander always said that it was useless, there was no way to know where they were going. We wouldn't stop. It made us nervous to see the trucks coming and going. The chaplain understood. They told us to keep using the coins to keep track of supplies, and at the beginning of every week, they would predict if the enemy would attack. They used the coins in something we came to call the chaplain's game. The game was never wrong. It predicted without fail if the attacks would come that week. Your last day on post, you asked to learn how to use the game to predict if you were safe, and they taught you. As you have watched the supplies move across the border, you've tried to keep track of them by placing a coin on the table into a single large group. Heads up meant that your nation was getting supplies. Tails up meant that the enemy was getting supplies. The chaplain's game is meant to determine if the enemy will attack this week. The way you read the results is to create two separate groups of coins, one with a few flipped coins and the other with the remaining unflipped coins. Then see if they both have the same number of heads-up coins. So the way this is going to work is you you flipped three coins. They yeah. should all be in here. Yep. Uh, we have one heads-up coin.
1: Okay.
0: So you are going to close your eyes mm. and without... Flipping any of the coins, you're going to shuffle them up. Okay. And then you're going to put them into two... You're going to flip one coin and put it in a separate group.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: you'll open your eyes, and if there are the same number of heads-up coins on the, in the two groups, um, and you should have a group of one and a group of two... Yep. Um, then the enemy will not attack. Okay. All right. So I'm shuffling with my eyes closed.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I'm... Uh... Flipping one of them and putting it into its own
0: group. Okay. Haha. <laughs> Great success. You have one heads in each of the two groups. I do. The enemy does not attack. You uninstall the farming modifications and open the wooden crate full of ammunition the government supplied you with. You get into the cockpit, power it up, and look towards the smoke on the horizon. They could come at any time. You must be prepared you awake in your machine after several hours the console is flashing it notes that the internal temperature is too low and is asking for permission to increase the heat if rolling a combat subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week you may choose to cross it out if you cross it out you must also cross out the associated quirk yeah i think that guide foot to ground forces has to go the console is flashing do you stay in the mech or do you go back inside and sleep? I think I stay in the mech. Yeah, I don't know. I I think this machine
1: has enough known quirks that anything out of the ordinary is this, is this console flashing like this is a thing Iris notices like Mhm. Yeah, yeah. I think Iris stays in the cockpit. <laughs>
0: All right. And that wraps up the first half of mechs into plowshares. What do you think so far, Zach? This game's amazing. It's tugging at my heartstrings. The building up of the mech and its subroutines is is so much fun and so good.
1: Yeah. It's interesting coming up with the quirks, but yeah, how they play out
0: sort of week to week is really interesting. Yeah. So as we leave this episode, I want to start out by saying thank you to Zach B, our editor and producer, without whom the show would not get made. Thank you, Zach B, for editing this episode. Thank you to you and Diana for giving me a show to edit. <laughs> are you Are you looking forward to like listening to your voice a lot? Yeah, no, <laughs> it's going to be horrifying. I'm so glad I don't have to edit my own voice. This might be the most lightly edited episode we've ever done. <laughs> um, we want to give a special thank you to In Love with a Ghost for the song "Chilling at Nemo's Place" off of the album "Healing" as our intro and outro. We also want to give a special thank you to all of our patrons who support the show and help it get better every month. Um, y'all mean the world to us. Thank you so much. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can also find us on Twitter at heartpointspod. You can find me on Twitter at ZWGarth. And me at Zach Byro. And Zach, is there anything else that we do in our intros? I didn't pull up our formal notes. Um
1: no i think you got it
0: is that everything is that all the important stuff yeah you all did right. page, patreon stuff right yep okay yeah so the patreon said stuff uh thank you so much for joining us this week and thank you for spending some time escaping from the real world with us as you return to the real world make sure to have a very nice day but like a very very nice one